when we come together here to engage in this type of formal practice. We bring to the table everything that we think, everything that we feel, everything that we have stored in what we call our history, our background. And when we then become part of the group, when the sitting starts, when silence takes over, the very aim of Zazen is to come to the point where all that thinking all the feeling, all the selfhood, all past, all present, all future, completely falls away. It empties out, it disappears. And Zen likes to put it in a dramatic way by saying, we die. And we have to die completely. And dying completely means to completely disappear. Which also means that there is nobody who would be observing that falling away. And that makes Zen practice very different from any kind of practice or any kind of therapy that deals with our mind, with our thinking, our self-perception and so on. It is true though that if we engage in this practice, since we sit down and we are coming face to face with our own self, our own ego, there is a lot of value in that and there's a lot of necessity to deal with that I am self, to deal with that relative self, to deal with that reality in which we as a person exist. However, the aim or the core of the practice is to go beyond that. A Zen practitioner is not interested just merely in feeling better in the relative self, but to come to a point where that relative self completely ceases to exist, where it ends where the perception ends of that limited self. And even then, that is only the first step. Because in our studies of the activity of Dharma, we come to experience and come to understand that everything not only disappears, but also arises. And which one comes first? Well, 
That is an academic question. The activity of Dharma is what we study in this tradition of Zen, the Nyoko Nyorai, Nyoko Nyorai Zen, Tathagata Zen, Tathagata and Tathagata, thus come and thus gone. The Zen that speaks about the activity of Dharma that divides itself into two mutually opposing activities plus and minus, expansion and contraction, male and female, dark and light, whatever labels you might want to affix to it. And only when the separation, when the space between those two activities disappears, then there is this manifestation of unity, of unification, where subject and object become one, where plus and minus become zero, where male and female unite. And Sasaki Roshi always, for a long time, used to talk about father and mother, father being plus and mother being minus, and that father and mother at first, of course, in the state of zero, there's no distinction, there's just emptiness, there's just neither existence nor non-existence, the state beyond duality. But within that state, even then things are moving and polarization happens. Polarization happens and eventually that unity will break up, it will break open. The description that Roshi gives sometimes is that within that unity, men and women are entering into a rope-pulling contest. Of, and there are as many men as there are women. They are exactly of equal strength. And they're pulling on the rope from both sides. And they pull so hard that in the middle of the rope, between the two groups, heat starts to be generated. They pull so hard that that heat will turn into fire and the rope will break. Jonetsu. <laughs> and then when it breaks apart, that space between father and mother appears. The space which Roshi calls the child, self. Self comes into existence. And the space, when you think about the rope breaking, 
some particles from the side of the men and some particles of the side of the women are left in that space. And it is, again, exactly the equal amount of plus and minus. Roshi talks about 0,0000001 plus and 0,0000001 minus, which means at the moment where separation happens, where space and time come into existence, in our consciousness, in the experience, in that separation already, we have incomplete plus and incomplete minus. Now our job as the one whose consciousness, whose existence is in that space, is in the distance between father and mother, it is our job to grow up, to develop, and to make all of our parents, all the 99,999999% of plus, as well as the 99.999999% of minus, our content. Because that is the only way to fully return to the state of completeness. So while we are here as a subject experiencing objects, in this consciousness we have the ability to come to the point where the equal amount of plus and minus that we have already embraced comes to a state of zero. As long as both amounts are equal, there is the possibility of the experience of zero, of that balance And the more we let go of preferring father or mother, the more we incorporate both sides, the closer we'll get to that very experience where experience ends, where time ends, where existence and non-existence disappear. This is the theory that Roshi talks about, the theory of that is the basis for everything that happens in this world that exists following the activity of Dharma. And we can see, we can see through that, we can have insights in our own mind how true it is and how experientially we get to the point that we know, yeah, 
yes, this is, this is how it is. That's why we sit here and meet whatever comes our way. That's why we sit here and at times we follow the breath. which is nothing else than making the content of, of the activity of Dharma our content. Letting plus inhalation come to its full manifestation of 100% plus so that there is no more plus left that is left out no more need to embrace any more plus. And naturally, after a point, however slim, however short of rest, minus takes over. And we exhale we exhale to the point where all the exhalation is complete and there is nothing left behind and 100% of minus is manifest. And the Dharma activity rests for a brief time. Roshi says, Mother, falls asleep because she's so tired from going all the way to her own home. And as mother falls asleep, father wakes up and sees his wife and says, oh, I have to go back home. And inhalation takes over, taking the sleeping exhalation along. So, when you look at your daily experience, whenever the self, the I am self, expands, that is the activity of self-affirmation. And it is a natural activity. However, we can see that it is the tendency to lean towards that activity of self-affirmation. And if we do that, we leave out the activity of minus, the activity of letting the self, the I am self, go. Self-affirmation is a natural process as long as we are not attached to it. Self-affirmation, the experience of I am self and the insisting on that I am self are different things. Insisting upon the manifestation of I am self and attaching oneself to that side doesn't allow the pendulum to fully swing from one side to the other. 
And of course, it is a deficit. It is a misdistribution of the natural forces that there are. And we have some willpower to do that. But of course, it takes effort. And it solidifies. Ultimately, of course, there is really nothing we can hold on to. When it comes to the point of our physical demise, we might get so tired of having held up that I am self, that image of ourselves, the opinions, the systems of beliefs, likes and dislikes. Finally, when we face the very end of what we know as the I am, most of these things naturally let go. Within this practice, we don't wait for that moment. We want to let the pendulum swing fully from all the way on the plus side to all the way on the minus side. Letting go of the attachments to the plus of the insistence on being this way or that way, of having this identification or that identification, to completely disappearing back and forth, being born and die, being born and die. That is what it means to study the activity of Dharma. That is what the work of studying Neuraizen is about. Not about the I am that will achieve anything not about the I am achieving insight, liberation, enlightenment, whatever it is. It goes beyond that. The ultimate freedom is the freedom to be able to be free of oneself. <laughs>